From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Sujit Indap, and this is FT News. So we're talking Hollywood deal-making today. Big studio transaction, not involving an American buyer, but actually a very prominent or increasingly prominent Chinese company called Dalian Wanda. Joining me is the global media editor, Matt Garahan. Hi, Matt. Hi, Sujit. So... Dolly and Wanda, we've heard their name more and more the last few years. They're this uh, large Chinese entertainment conglomerate. I believe the richest man in China is the uh, the founder and the CEO. Yep. And they bought this company, Legendary Entertainment. Uh, what's uh, what's Legendary about? So Legendary uh, was started by a guy called Thomas Tull, who raised uh, four or five hundred million dollars several years ago from a range of investors. It was a film nut. He worked worked in various financial services jobs, but was very keen on Hollywood, was a bit of a fanboy, like kind of comics and superheroes and things like that. And he did a deal with Warner Brothers and ended up being a sort of investment partner with Warner Brothers on some of the biggest Warner Brothers movies in recent years. Um, the Hangover series, the Dark Knight movies, mm-hmm. uh, and others. But wanted to break out on his own uh, and did. I think he raised more money. He has SoftBank, one of his investors. Recently did a distribution deal with Universal Studios, which is part of uh, Comcast. Right. And then today, or rather last night, we, we hear that uh, the deal, which was rumored last week, has been confirmed. And has, he sold Legendary for $3.5 billion cash to Wanda. So a great outcome for him, obviously, getting $3.5 billion in Huge, cash. Huge, yeah. And he's he's keeping, I think, a pretty big stake, too. I and mean, uh, Wanda will own more than half of the of the company. And I think some investors have cashed out. SoftBank are out, I think. But yeah, it's obviously a huge, a huge return. And so we heard about Wanda a few years ago. They bought AMC Entertainment, which is the big yep. movie chain. That was their first big foray uh, into the U.S. And obviously, that, that's a that's a theater distribution mm-hmm. chain. Now they're actually getting into entertainment. Yeah, they looked at a couple of other studios, uh, according to reports last year: DreamWorks uh, Animation, I yep. guess, Lionsgate and, too, and Lionsgate. So they are definitely interested in American assets. What's what's driving their gaze towards they have Hollywood? A, well, you you mentioned the 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 CEO Wang Jianlin is the the CEO and I think I think largest shareholder, a former military man uh, and also China's richest person. Not sure what his his total net worth is, but it's substantial. Uh, and he's a pretty, uh, in deal-making terms, a pretty aggressive character. He he would easily talk about the companies he intended to buy, regardless of not whether those deals actually happened. And I thought when this deal was first mooted that this was another one of the sort of all, you know, all mouth, no trousers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, situations where he, I mean, last year he talked about buying Lionsgate, didn't happen, talked about buying DreamWorks Animation, that didn't happen either. This deal has happened and I think it points the way towards more types between Hollywood and China. And so what's interesting about that is that every day we see these negative headlines coming out of China about the currency and the economy and how yeah. commodity demand has dried up, which is causing all sorts of problems in all mm-hmm. these other countries that, that deliver commodities. But uh, and in entertainment, they seem to have the appetite. I mean, people, I've, sp- yeah, people I've spoken to in, in, in the entertainment side who are active in China say that the consumer spending there is holding up, if not increasing, and isn't apparently wedded to you know other slowdowns and in the chinese economy i was talking to the ceo of imax recently and they're rolling out aggressively more screens in in china um, the, the the rate of excel- of growth in uh, multiplex development mm-hmm. hasn't really slowed down chinese people are still going to the movies in enormous numbers and if that rate continues i think China is expected to eclipse the U.S. as the world's largest theatrical market by 2017. So it's, this is a pretty, you know, sizable opportunity for studios, filmmakers, and and uh, people in the movie. And you bring up a very interesting point because they do want a more balanced 
economy in China. It's obviously been driven by industrialization and commodities. And uh, from what you're saying, the, the consumer is really becoming more important than that that is holding up, which is actually a very, uh, very interesting uh, uh, compared to what we're seeing in mm. other sectors. Uh, we've talked about these other U.S. studios, these mid-tier or smaller ones, Lionsgate, there's one, DreamWorks Animation. Mm-hmm. And there's really been a, a bifurcation, hasn't there, between the really big studios and some of these mid-market or smaller market names. And I guess some of these smaller ones are finding it more difficult to compete. Is that fair to say? I think well, the, the market itself seems to be fragmenting, or, or rather, it's, exactly, yeah, you can use a better word there, Sujit. Um, there's a reason you're on the next call. The US box office, total box office, grew, I think, past $11 billion for the first time last year. But the share um, of most of the success was down to two studios, Universal Studios and Walt Disney. Um, and Making others, a handful, only a handful of films. Yeah, which... I mean, these are, these are you know Star Wars, the Marvel movies that Disney produces, Jurassic Pixar Park. movies, and then Universal Furious, Fast and Furious 7, Jurassic, Jurassic World. Other studios like Sony, Warner Brothers had a harder time, didn't grow. Their share actually slipped. Mm-hmm. So it might not be accurate to say that the that Hollywood is is booming along merrily, but as you say, that there, there is this kind of this split and that the larger studios that own the biggest franchises are doing very nicely, thanks very much, and the smaller mid-tier ones are, are doing less well. And what's the outlook this year, I guess, for, for Hollywood? Um, uh, for what was, I guess, a decent uh, 2015? Well, Hollywood's kind of feast or famine. I think this there are big movies this year. The Warner Brothers, which is still hasn't really recovered from Warner Brothers as part of Time Warner, hasn't really recovered since uh, the end of the Harry Potter series, which was a kind of guaranteed moneymaker year in, mm-hmm. year out is going ahead with a, a new Superman Batman movie this year, which you looks like a pretty massive hit. There are other new movies from Disney and Mar- the Marvel Studio, which is a you know fairly reliable cash machine. Yeah. It's hard to see this year beating twenty fifteen. But then in twenty seventeen there's an I think there's another Star Wars a new Star Wars movie, various other next installments and big franchises and you can see, you know, growth again that far out. And so for Disney, Fox, Time Warner those guys are also being hurt by their TV businesses, right? And that's another kind of strain. I mean, particularly Time Warner and Fox. Yeah, so so TV has always been the has been the kind of the stable underpinning of a lot of these big media companies. And what we discovered in 2015, or rather, what Wall Street discovered, was that you know TV is changing, and and that these cable networks that the likes of Time Warner, Disney, and Fox own are susceptible to big changes in 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 viewing. That's actually a trend I think most other people realized several years ago, but investors finally woke up to it in 2015 when Disney warned uh, had warned about slowing growth at mm-hmm. their ESPN network. So further out, you can see movies taking perhaps a bigger role in the future of these media companies, and they still have to work out what to do about television. Yeah. So we'll be watching, and uh, we'll stay tuned. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Sajid. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.